Welcome to uh, the Paris for Veg podcast. And, you know, I think it's been a few weeks since we've actually counted off the number of podcasts we've done, but I think there's a solid 10, 11, 12. But um, here we are. We're trying to do these about every week. We want to be covering kind of new and emerging trends that are happening in the world that are affecting the advertising industry and affecting the work that we do here at Periscope in Minneapolis each and every day. Uh, with that said, uh, myself and everyone we have here on the podcast is kind of their own person, and so we look for opinions and kind of expertise within each and every one of them. Um, so the viewpoints that we, we come across with um, aren't really the views of any organization or anything like that. Um, we just do our best to communicate what's on our mind and what was kind of our passion points. So um, with that said, today we have Peter Ripple with us um, to talk a little bit about something that I will be the first to admit is a little over my head and continues to be over my head, but continues to be a pure point of curiosity, and that's blockchain and the things that go along with it. And Peter, um, why don't you introduce yourself and and talk a little bit about why, before we even dive into what blockchain is, how you kind of came across the technology and why, you know, how how did you even come across it? What's your background? What's your passion um, that led you to this? Yeah, so like Carter said, uh, I'm Peter Ripple. I'm a writer here at Periscope, but I've always been fascinated by sort of like fringe technology. And uh, 2012, my older brother kept saying, check out this Bitcoin thing. Trust me, it's going to be big. Um, he bought, I, I didn't really look much into it. He bought like 10 Bitcoin. Uh, it was worth like Which 10. We'll find out soon enough we'll that that's out. a big deal. Yeah. Um, purchased 10 Bitcoin for like, I don't know, 10, like the price of a pizza. And then that was the year that Bitcoin, it's, there's, it's all over in the news. It's worth more than gold now is the headline. Like it's 2000 something dollars a piece. So that, that sort of caught my attention. And then I wanted to figure out what was the tech behind this. Um, and that's, that led me down a rabbit hole of just you know, figuring out every, everything about blockchain. Totally. So there's a family connection that gets yes, you going with yeah. it. <laughs> so, um, and, and I want to get into the basics of blockchain, but I, I I'll be the first right. to say blockchain has kind of come up in the mainstream, specifically ad kind of tech industry, a lot in the last six months. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I have a really hard time trying to figure out even where to dive into it in terms of like what the heck blockchain really is and how does it relate to Bitcoin. But maybe we can start with the basics of what blockchain is and what, what does that technology do? Yeah, so... Um it's surprisingly an unsexy answer when you describe what blockchain does. It just happens to do sexy things. So the blockchain itself is um, a peer-to-peer network that stores information or data. Um, Bitcoin was the first popular use case of it, and it stored financial data. So if I'm person A and I send person B money... It stores that on a server and it cannot be hacked into because it has users all around the world verifying that transaction instead of a single bank. So there's not a single point of failure. It's a, the, the way that Peter and I were talking about it yesterday was if we look at kind of the way the current web is set up. And Peter, you got to correct me if I'm wrong at any mm-hmm. point in time yeah. here because I do my best to, to kind of observe and, and do my research, but then also, you know, kind of figure out what the heck is going on. But if you look at like a, a standard website right now, mm-hmm. it's hosted on a server somewhere, right? right? So it's either hosted um, on location or it's hosted on Amazon's web service or it's hosted on an actual computer somewhere in the world. Mm-hmm. And anyone who wants to go to that website has to go through that server. Mm-hmm. So if I want to talk to Peter, um, I go through that server and then it goes to him. 
with blockchain, the technology would eliminate the need for that singular server, eliminating the security hole, because if that server were to go down, everyone who is somewhat connected to it would also be affected. Yeah, and it does it in sort of an ingenious way. where um, So it builds the server out onto personal computers. So, for instance, I could use my desktop computer to become a part of this global server. And then the question is, why would I want to do that? Why would I want to participate? And they reward you financially with these things called coins or tokens. So in the case of Bitcoin, if I pledge my desktop to help out, they'll give me a small fraction of Bitcoin in return. Right. And you called it fuel, right? Is that what you called it? Or is that accurate? Yeah. So the the new, since it's been in the news these last, I don't know, it's exploded on TechCrunch and stuff these last month or two. Um, it's actually a new blockchain. So Bitcoin itself had its, its blockchain that was used purely for finance. Ethereum is a new, the new hot blockchain on the market. Um, and where Bitcoin is just concerned about person A send in person B money. Yeah, let's pause there really yeah. quickly for, mm-hmm. for yeah. Bitcoin. For yeah. us who might not know or for people who might not know what Bitcoin is, what is Bitcoin? Um, so Bitcoin, uh, after the financial crisis in 2008, a guy named Satoshi Nakamoto um, designed the blockchain essentially with Bitcoin, the currency, at the root of it. So it's inst- he was sick of banks failing, so he designed... Uh, this currency that's powered by a peer-to-peer network, and it's sort of exploded in value. People use it for all sorts of things, a lot of illegal activity. <laughs> right, and, well, and the thing is, is it's completely anonymous, yes. right? Because of the blockchain that it's built upon, there is no central bank. So, like, so the good right. example of this would be, you know, when we spend a dollar, mm-hmm. it is regulated by a bank who's regulated by the U.S. government. Right. And the U.S. government is that central location that is monitoring everything, right? Mm-hmm. But if the Federal Reserve was hacked or compromised the dollar would no longer, you know, or could be compromised as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, if I go and purchase something at a store, I give them 10 U.S. dollars. Um, what Bitcoin does is it replaces the dollar with another form of currency mm-hmm. that has its own marketplace. It's built on this blockchain network. Um, so it's anonymous. It's very secure. Um, and it can be used at, at an expanding amount of like retailers might be a loaded word, but yeah. of, of locations, I would say. Yeah, there. I mean, like uh, more so in like Japan, they just recently launched a bunch of stores in an effort to sort of make that a viable store of value. Uh, most people, the average person, when they hear Bitcoin, they think of illegal or shady activity, um, and that's largely because. Bitcoin, like, for example, PayPal has terms and services. I can't pay money using PayPal to buy heroin online because they can shut that down. It's illegal. Whereas Bitcoin, it's not condoning it, but there's no governing body to say, no, you can't pay for this with our money. Because there's no central location. The only really governing body is the mass of people who are using the currency. Right. And they can't really do anything because it's all on an individual basis. Right. There's thousands and thousands of computers that are all part of the governing body, essentially. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... Let's take a step back here for a yeah, second. Yeah. So tell me to slow down. Whenever, no, no, whenever this is great. Yeah. Okay. So we started with blockchain's a big deal, right? And we're yes. going to talk more about blockchain. And we talked about how blockchain is different than a standard, the standard internet that we see each and every day because it's not reliant on a single server or a single network. Mm-hmm. It is actually connected to thousands and thousands of other machines or people or whatever it might be in order to ensure that it's very secure and it's very reliable because any part of the network could be taken down, but 
your connections are still safe because you're not affected by it. There's no singular point of entry that a, a militia or militia, probably, but like a militia kind of, you know, right? A hacker, a hacker can't hack into, into it. it. Yeah. Um, so we talked about that. We then talked about like, okay, what's the use case for it? And we looked at Bitcoin and Bitcoin yes. is built on this network and Bitcoin is a form of currency, just like a US dollar is or a Euro or a gold coin. It's a form of currency that you're able to acquire or you know, purchase mm-hmm. and actually then use to go about your day-to-day business. So there are retailers who take Bitcoin, there are online companies who take Bitcoin. And notoriously, a lot of the assumptions are that Bitcoin is used for illegal things because it is so anonymous. And that is true. It has been used for illegal things in the past. But the truth is that the currency is a true currency with all the joys and you know sorrows that go along with the currency, the ups and downs of the market. Right. All right. So we've covered that. In <laughs> the last six nicely. months, yeah. there's been a lot of talk about this thing called Ethereum. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that right? Yes, you are. Okay, Ethereum. Ethereum. And... Why, why, what's the difference between Bitcoin and Ethereum? Okay, so Bitcoin took this novel idea of the blockchain and applied it to money. It wanted to be disruptive in the finance sector. Ethereum thought, why don't we do this for everything besides money? Any sort of data that can be stored anywhere, not just transactions, financial transactions. So they developed a coding language, and instead of saving... Um, person A sent person B money, I can, as a programmer, I could write in code for things that it should save. So it can be uh, the GPS location of a car, or it can be, um, you know, if uh, I've got cars in the mind because I just read an article. Well, healthcare was a big one that I thought was really interesting. Yeah, it can store everything permanently and unhackable. So it, it adds that sense of security to health records. So healthcare is already implementing a lot of that. And so the idea is, is that, you know, your health data, so that something that's very confidential, something mm-hmm. that's very important to you, isn't stored on one server down at the hospital or whatever right. it might be. It's stored bit by bit on all of these computers, mm-hmm. right? And then you're the only one that, or the people who have access to it are the only one that can kind of recall that. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say that's accurate. Um, um, but the idea is, like, that's a real-life scenario where you're no longer having to rely on enter health system name here to keep their servers safe, you know that your data is on top of the Ethereum network mm-hmm. and that basically it is unhackable just right. by the way it's been cr- created. Yeah. Um, just like, uh, you know, the Bitcoin is built on top of that, which is transactional or financial data, healthcare data, automotive data, any kind of data that we, you know, would save anywhere on the internet, which, I mean, is vast and you could mm-hmm. never really define that, that amount. Um, can now be built on top of these networks. Right. And Ethereum still has that financial aspect to it. You can buy what's called Ether. That's the token. And you can spend Ether at the same places. You can spend Bitcoin. But it does open things up. It is kind of new. So we're in the Wild West. It's like the internet circa 1995 or something. Sure, it existed. But we didn't really know what it is yet. Um, so, But some of the ideas that are coming out right now that are fully developed are pretty revolutionary. One that sounds trivial is um, about supply chains. So there's a huge effort to put a stamp on everything to ensure that everything is fair trade. 
um, or so a company can have a seal of approval, like the products within this are fair trade. All right, so let me get, let me try to deconstruct what you're just saying, so that me as a commoner can try to figure out what how yeah. blockchain could potentially affect that challenge, right? Mm-hmm. So I think if I hear you right, the challenge is is that a lot of people like to call their products fair trade, mm-hmm. but truthfully, as a consumer, we're not exactly sure where the product even came from. Right, the product, if it's a shirt, it might say manufactured in China. But you might not know where the actual textile fabrics are coming from or whose hands touched it at what point. Totally. So the idea would be that if you build the fair trade data on -hmm. top of a blockchain network like Ethereum, that would give the entire world access to see data that we know is 100% pure because it's not being stored on the manufacturer's servers. Right. It can't be tweaked. And when it's logged, it can't be it can't be changed by anyone. Um, and I think that's a big thing. It's permanent, right? Yes, so if we yeah. say that, you know, it, it can't be manipulated, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it's etched in stone. It's done. So if, you know, you're talking about the textiles and where they're made, when textile factory in, you know, Maryland puts its stamp of approval on it, there's no one who can go back in and change that location. Right. Just like, you know, if someone's manufacturing something in a not ideal location and they put a stamp on it, there's no way that that company could potentially audit or change that. Or it's, yeah, it's increasingly difficult. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that's that's one initiative that is out right now and they're going, going around impacting the world because if you have this blockchain stamp of approval you can track every single part of any single product and to its roots and ensure that it truly is fair uh, so that, that's a pretty pretty rad idea <laughs> all right so take the turn yeah to us as advertisers right. yeah. the advertising industry why have we been talking about this it's all about this thing called a basic attention token right yeah so all right but before we go there i'm gonna cut you off one more time peter all right yeah i want to just like for my own sanity go back and just remember what we all talked about just to go over it all again yeah mm-hmm. because whenever i talk to peter about this or anyone else who knows what they're talking about 10 minutes in my eyes kind of glaze over it's you know it's not good but here's what we talked about we talked about basically what's a blockchain network a new way that data is being stored and moved across the world mm-hmm. where it's no longer a single server we talk about how currency was one of the first things to be built on top of that, the Bitcoin. The Bitcoin is a replacement for the U.S. dollar. It's just like having a new country with a new form of currency that is incredibly secure, anonymous, etc. Right. We talked about a new blockchain network that was created called Ethereum and how that is now hosting more than just currency. It's hosting things like healthcare data. It's hosting things like the fair trade example you just gave. Mm-hmm. And it's also hosting currency as well, just like the, uh, the Bitcoin one was. Um, we talk about the variety of things that now this Ethereum network is hosting, right? We talk about all the potential, everything from healthcare to GPS data to currency. Really, it's an infrastructure that has limitless opportunity for anyone who transmits or receives or stores data. Mm-hmm. Why is it a big deal for advertisers? And what the heck is this thing called a basic attention token? Yeah, so it's a big deal for advertisers because, well, it's disruptive in pretty much every sector that requires some sort of middleman, I'll call it quote unquote. Um, so for online advertising, there's there's this new thing called the basic attention token. It just launched today, actually. Um, and they are, uh, the, the core principle is that online advertising is broken in a certain regard. Um, people get ads that they don't care about no one really wants to click on the ads they're not targeted correctly when technologies are coming out where i can just completely avoid them yeah as well. yeah people use ad block we have to 
recognize that. I mean, I think we all do. A lot of younger people, especially, I think it's, I don't want to quote a percent because I'll be wrong. But it's a it's, lot. It's, a it's lot. significant. Yeah. Um, so there, there is a problem. And uh, the, the basic attention token team is restructuring how online advertising could work, where they're uh, logging the data of users um, interacting with ads on the blockchain. For example, uh, if, if someone were to develop an ad that performs exceptionally well with user interaction, so if I uh, scroll down and I really pause on that section of the ad or my mouse is over it for a certain amount of seconds, this program on the blockchain can log that interaction and it will automatically pay in real money a certain percentage of dollars to the publisher, a certain percentage to the advertiser, and the key principle here is it pays back a certain percentage to the actual consumer. So, and is it to the advertiser too, or isn't the advertiser paying into it? Aren't they the ones where that money comes from? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. Um, because you got the money's got to come from somewhere. So is my, and we're still trying to figure all this out, but I was under the impression, so, you know, brand X, we have some pretzels in front of us here mm-hmm. in our makeshift studio. Um, so this this pack of pretzels wants you, Peter, to buy more pretzels, right? Right, and yeah. so it's going to make a really cool pretzel ad. It's going to put on all your favorite websites, right? Mm-hmm. So it's going to put on Mashable and TechCrunch and all that kind of fun stuff. I'm just going to say, hey, I'm going. I would, I will pay for Peter to see this ad because I want him to eventually buy more pretzels. And it makes sense, right? Right, right. right. So I place it on Mashable. Mm-hmm. Peter jumps to Mashable, sees it, looks at it. Instantly, because that interaction's logged on blockchain, now the pretzel will use one dollar, for example. But you know, seventy-five percent of the one dollar and whatever that percentage is is variable. Mm-hmm. But seventy-five percent, so seventy-five cents goes to Mashable because Mashable is hosting the content. And Mashable is the one who owns the brand, and Mashable is the one who and Mashable is a common dot com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're hosting it and they're providing the content. They're the one paying for all that, and so they get seventy-five percent. 75 cents. And then Peter, as you as a user, because you took your time to take a look at that pretzel ad, mm-hmm. get 25%. Right, yeah. Is that accurate? Correct. Yes, okay. that is accurate. Um, yeah, sorry, I, I misspoke. But then, so one of the interesting things, it uh, you're not going to get paid a massive amount for viewing an ad as a consumer. So one interesting solution for that is um, they're working with uh, publishers on the first solutions are like premium content that you could purchase within that site using this money that you're awarded. So an example would be um, YouTube. If you view enough ads or if you interact with ads in a certain, to a certain extent, then you could pay for YouTube Red for a month or whatever. So, the, the, so let, me, let me put that back into your scenario here just yeah. to make sure I get it. Mm-hmm. So you, Peter, are cruising on YouTube one night and you're okay watching a bunch of ads before every video. Mm-hmm. So let's say we'll just use, you know, every time you watch an ad, you get, you know, 25, whatever the credits are, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so you get 25 credits and you've watched, let's say, four ads. So you have 100 credits. Mm -hmm. Those 100 credits could potentially be used the next day when you find like a New York Times article that you really want to read, but it's behind their paywall. They may say, well, to read this, it's 50 credits. Yes. Because then they get the 50 credits just like they would get 50 credits from the pretzel company if they showed ads, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So it can be used sort of as a microtransaction um, within these publishers' walls, or you can exchange it for real money. It's sort of uh, it gives more power back to the consumer. So you're saying if you watch enough YouTube ads, I can you, make money. Yeah. You could exchange them back on the exchange and make 
whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's probably not going to be a life-changing amount of money, even if I'm watching ads my whole life. But it's significant in that I could pay for these services that I might not otherwise pay for. Like, I always see YouTube Red. But this potentially changes everything. Like, it changes the idea of paywalls. It changes the idea of how we place, you know, how ads are paid for currently. And it potentially, like really has a huge effect on this kind of ad blocking revolution, right? Yeah, definitely. I think it's pretty revolutionary um, in that this is the first instance where we're recognizing that consumers' time is valuable and we're willing to actually pay them out for it. We're paying them money in the online advertising world. Totally. And these things went on sale today. What happened? Yeah, so um, without getting too technical or uh, into the gritty details, so... Rather than paying you out in U.S. dollars when you view an ad, they pay you in what's called an attention token, which... That's what I was talking about, the 25 tokens or whatever. I was right. referring to like what's called an attention token. Yeah, and uh, this, this, uh, they do this because rather than raising funding for their company that's starting this through traditional you know, VC funding, um, it's this new type of funding uh, called an ICO, an initial coin offering, where they essentially sell off shares of their company in the form of tokens, but those tokens also serve as the uh, as the product of of the company, as those tokens that I can use for for basic attention. Right. Mm-hmm. And they sold out. Yeah, they sold out in forty five seconds. So yeah. you did not get any. I did not get any. I tried. Um, yeah, they had a thirty five million market cap uh, goal in it. Thirty-five million dollars. Yes, thirty-five million U.S. dollars. I don't so know you're telling me so yeah. so just to get a perspective of what what happened this morning. Mm-hmm. This is not some fringe thing that you know we are just reading on TechCrunch, wondering what's going to happen. It went live today, and there were thirty-five million dollars spent on this market, which I know, depending on what you're comparing it to, isn't huge. But I would say for a startup, that's a pretty good amount of funding, especially since this isn't this isn't thirty-five million dollars from a VC fund that has that just willy-nilly a lot of this is coming from crowdfunding essentially wow crazy mm-hmm. all right so if i'm the average joe and want to get in on this what are some things i can do get in on basic attention or ether i would say ether and then moving so ether is the short firm for ethereum right yeah yeah so ethereum is the network ether yep. is the token got it got it mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, all right, I'm sitting at my laptop right now listening to this podcast, and I'm saying, I want to look more into it. Where do I go? First, uh, b- before you buy anything, I would just Google Ethereum, do a little bit of homework. Oh, your own sure homework, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just because I don't want to condone uh, purchasing something you're not entirely uh, totally. sure of. But after you've done your homework, um, you can purchase Ether tokens, which is a share of Ether stock, essentially, into the Ether network. Um at Coinbase, that's probably the easiest. Uh, and what you're purchasing is a share in the stock, but it's also what's used for all of these apps that are being built on top of the Ether network, and that's growing and growing every day. And so it doesn't matter yeah. if it's the attention token or currency or GPS data. Yeah, the Ether network powers all, all of those that. apps. Got mm-hmm. it, got it. Yeah. All right. So Peter mentioned a little bit, but we will be the first to say that we are not financially advising on anything. I think, you know, you know, Peter's done a lot of work in this, which has been really fun to follow along. And I try to pick his brain as much as possible. And he's doing a lot of work for us here within the agency, which is really exciting. Uh, but definitely do your research before you start diving yes, in. It's a yeah. wild west currently. And um, mm-hmm. if you look at the history of Bitcoin, you look at the history of Ethereum, the price of these has skyrocketed up and down and up and down. Um, 
and it's, I guess, a wild ride to be on. You have the pluses and minuses of both sides. So, um, But that's our 25 minutes. We touched on something that was, I would say, pretty heavy today as we looked at, you know, what the heck blockchain is? How is it different than the current way we do things? We looked at how, you know, Bitcoin was one of the first types of technology to be built on top of a blockchain network, and it focused on currency. We looked at how Ethereum is a new network based on blockchain that is fueling much more than just currency. It's fueling things like healthcare data and that. And the newest thing that has the biggest effect on us is the basic attention token, which is having a, a potential to have a huge effect on the way that we purchase or companies purchase uh, digital ads. So with that said, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back here in the next week or two uh, with the next topic. From there, have a good week.